no one on, two out, top of the ninth, 2-2 count. Here's the pitch. Swing and it's popped up. Foul territory. Avila drifting, drifting, he's under it. And that does it. The Tigers have won their fourth consecutive AL Central. Man, were we waiting a long time to say that, huh, Rich? Yes, we were, Tony. I loved the call, and I loved the game. It was absolutely what we needed. It was. That was my best Mario and Pebble impression. I left so much to be desired. It's unbelievable. But I was pumped up. I know you were pumped up. What were you thinking when the Tigers made out 27 in game 162? Just relief. It was a big exhale. I told you I was exhaling the entire time seeing Joe Nathan come up there for the last time in the regular season. And it was perfect, you know? I couldn't have asked for anything better. You know, Chamberlain, Nathan, it was what we expected and we what we wanted the entire year. We finally got it when we needed it. It, it, only, took, it only took 162 tries to get it right. Yeah, I know. And you know what? That's the thing. I don't care if it takes 162 as long as we get it done before Baltimore starts. There's so much to talk about, so much to think about going forward in the playoffs as, of course, the Detroit Tigers will be taking on the Baltimore Orioles, who congrats to them winning their first American League East in 20 years, I want to say. I have no idea. It's been a really long time since they've done it, since the Cal Ripken early days. So I'll tell you what, Tony, we weren't following the Baltimore Orioles uh, when they last had their division title. That's as far as I remember. That's Absolutely accurate. And before we move forward and talk about our foes, uh, pros, cons, weaknesses, strengths of both teams, exactly what we anticipate going on and make our predictions for this series and however long we believe the Tigers will make it into the playoffs, I think 162 games deserves some notoriety. It, It deserves to be talked about. And I think every single one of these players who's worked their tail off for the entire season and have grinded deserve to be mentioned and thanked. Absolutely. I think, you know, especially those people, even if they didn't do their best, and we can talk about the bullpen, of course, you know what? They deserve it because they worked, you said, six, seven months for us, for our our pleasure and enjoyment and our pain and our suffering, but at the same time, they got it done. And, And you're right. They deserve some, you know, four straight AL Central titles. I mean, think about that. Back to back to back to back. That's I love it. That's so impressive. And so what we're gonna do is go just kind of in order one two one through nine, uh, the the numbers of the positions on the field. However, we're gonna attack the pitcher last because there's an entire pitching staff to go through. We're gonna start with Avila, number two, who throughout all hit throughout all the ups and downs of the season and. Probably the most beaten up catcher. I don't watch every catcher every day like I watch Alex Avila, but it's hard to imagine people take a beating like he does behind the plate. Mario and Rod talk about it constantly. And at the end of the day, Avila finished with a 327 on base percentage. You know, I don't care that his batting average is 218. His right. on base percentage is more than 100 points higher than that. One out of three times he's up to the plate, he's getting on. Who cares? You're right. You know, and Vila, he stands so close to the pitcher, and he's taking so many foul balls off the arms, off the legs. I'm amazed that he has, you know, just the eye control and the patience at the same place where he gets beaned every other play to, you know, stand tall, take the walks. Maybe he's not the most powerful guy, although he has hit some clutch home runs for Detroit this season. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's gotten the walks when he needs them, and he's gotten on base, and. He's been a consistent catcher for us, and that's what Detroit needs. Yeah. I tweeted yesterday. I, I, I was 
I just kept picturing a big hit coming from Avila in game 162. Yeah. I was I was just anticipating it. Never happened, never needed to happen. But I mean, it's so weird for someone who who the Tigers fans would would not say is one of their big bats, one of their lesser bats, certainly a defensive player first, but in Usually when it's against the Cleveland Indians, I mean, this guy has a number of, you just mentioned it, yeah, big, big, big time hits. Absolutely, yeah. It was again the game against Cleveland. It was uh, September 13th, actually. Got stabbed in front of me, Tony. It was the bottom of the eighth hit where he went yard on him to put us up by one, and that was a huge game because that kept us in first in the AL Central. Absolutely, and sitting behind the, the plate for all those games, I mean, it helps him identify what is a strike, what is a ball. Victor Martinez, who... Had I don't have the exact number in front of me. His the most uh, intentional walks of his whole career. Actually, I do. It's twenty eight. He had twenty eight intentional walks and seventy total walks. Alex Avila only had one intentional walk and sixty one on the season. Wow. So I mean, he uh, Miguel Cabrera with only sixty walks. Like Avila, other taking away intentional walks, which which is to set up double play situations to avoid. Uh, Martinez, nothing to take any, not to take anything away from Vic. No, but I mean, Avila might have the best eye on the team. No, I think, and we think we talked about this earlier, but we did a little bit of trivia probably a couple months back, and we asked who has the most walks on the team. And to our both of our surprises, yeah. I think uh, Alex Laville was that guy in May, and he's that guy again in September. It's crazy, and he doesn't get nearly enough, rec- nearly enough praise for it. Not at all, especially batting six or seven in the lineup every day. And the next, the next person we're going to talk about is probably the person who does get the most praise, and it is yeah. absolutely deserved. Deuce Quad, the big fella, Miguel Cabrera, who at, after what was a, what was I think there's very safe to say a slow start. For, yeah, but for for an MVP for an MVP for an MVP right. candidate, he finished with 25 home runs, 109 RBIs, hit 313, reached base. Point three seven one percent of the time. I mean, like, there's he he did it. He came through when he needed to. All of September had the, I believe, the best batting average in the bigs in September. Yeah, I think I think was it Victor Martinez or Bagan Cabrera who had one of the best batting averages in September? It, it, Cabrera was first. Was it Victor was second and JD was third? And <laughs> they were the first. That's the first trio of Tigers to all hit over three fifty. I don't know if it was either in a month or in September, but it was one of those two since the Ty Cobb days. Either way, you know, the month, the month of September is when you're going to need it the most, the most important month. I love it. And and Miguel Cabrera is not the leadoff hitter, Ian Kinsler, sometimes, Rajay sometimes, who ha- and Ian Kinsler has scored 100 runs, who and he gets the, to score by moving himself. He's he's fleet of foot. Yes. He's a little bit high in the order, and he has Miguel Cabrera to hit him in. Miguel Cabrera can only hit himself in in one way. Right. But Cabrera still led the team with 101 runs, led the, led the team with 191 hits, led the team with 52 doubles. I mean, what else, what else can you ask from the guy? Yeah, the only thing is, I mean, Tony, he didn't win. The RB, I mean, most RBIs. Mike Trout. By two? Yeah, by two. Trout had 111, Cabrera had 109. I think that's the first time in probably three years that he didn't uh, At least. take home the RBI title. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, first time since 2011. But you know what? I, I think I'll be okay with Cabrera's performance. Yeah. Hey, hats off to Trout, too. He's been he's been fighting for the MVP for a while now, yeah. and I think this will be the year he gets This it. should absolutely be his year. I know we get angry at him because we're Detroit, and somebody <laughs> on our team always deserves an MVP award, according to us. But Trout, it's time. He's proved he's staying around. He, you know? he has, but... I hate someone with a 286 batting average winning an MVP. I'm sorry. I'm going to always skew the numbers toward. Oh, I'm going to try not to, but I seem to always do. 
skew the numbers towards Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's a better he's a better hitter. But you know, the, the Angels fine. The knock on Trout was he never got them to the playoffs. He not only did he get them to the playoffs, best record in the bigs. Oh yeah, they, they the, took it away. They the, stole yeah, it from Oakland. Yeah, and ran away with it. They, it they were yep. gunning for nothing but a wild card spot halfway through August. Mid-September rolls around, and they're waltzing into the playoffs and the you, division. Yeah, I don't know if you want to contribute to an Oakland collapse or an Angels just spurt, but it was both happened at the same time, and they look really good now because of it. I'm going to actually call it an Oakland collapse. Do you know their record in their last 45 games? I heard this yesterday. Under, I'm going to say under 500. 15 and 30. Wow. In their last 45, and they made the playoffs. Easily. That's <laughs> how big of a lead they had and almost blew it. Both, I think both Los Angeles and Oakland had like a – 25 games over 500 at a certain point, ending in August. It was that that division. You know, that was the AL East of this year. Yeah, no, it, it's a good one. It's That's an incredibly strong division. And we'll talk about it more in the future. But, yeah, it was uh, something to look forward to. Hopefully those Angels are coming up fast, so we'll see. Yeah. Moving on uh, to our second baseman, Ian Kinsler, who – for how he struggled in August, and I and there there was it was a full month where he was j- just seemingly popping up every pitch that that was thrown his way. I mean, maybe I was just being overly critical. He had a really nice season, ninety career high, ninety two RBIs. He was second on the team in hits, just three tied with Victor Martinez, just three behind Cabrera. As Kinsler finished with one eighty eight, had a hundred runs, which was Austin Jackson. We'll we'll get to him. Right. That was that was his number, and and Curtis Granderson said it too. If they scored a hundred runs a year, that they felt at the top of the lineup, that was that was the mark they wanted to hit and contributing. Kinsler did it phenomenally. Yep. I mean, I I, mean, I love Kinsler just because the range that he gives us the second base. For some reason, this past week he was just all over the second base. Go ahead, Tony. No, <laughs> I'm nuts. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was gonna make the foolish implication that this is only a, a an offensive idea, but Ken, I, I think Kinsler's got to win the gold glove at second. Oh. I can't think of anyone else ahead of him in the American League. Yeah, he's. I think he's got better range than Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is obviously the batting end of that spectrum, but, I mean, yeah, the way that Kinsler was playing the last week, he was running off for every single ball, and he made most of those plays, too. He, and, if, and if he can't, and if he doesn't make the play, it's because it wasn't able to be made. It's not because yeah. he booted the ball or missed the play. It's because it was not a possible play that could be made. Absolutely, especially, you know, Detroit, in the past few years, we forget about it now because Kinsler's here, but Detroit really didn't have a steady second baseman. Since I mean, Polanco. Yeah, since Polanco. You know, he, he was floating around with, uh, who's the guy who Omar left Omar Infante. Omar Infante, but he left us for Philly, and, and we really didn't have a long-term second baseman. And I think I think we just might have one now. Kinsler, Kinsler looks really good. It, it does appear. Do you know what his contract was for? I'm going to look it up now. I don't know what it was. I know it was hefty. That's uh, that's about all I know, but I can look that up for you as okay. we continue. And, it, the and in the meantime, we can talk about who someone who, if there wasn't that that guy Jose Abreu on the White Sox, who's just a beast of a human being. This next guy we're talking about would arguably want to be one of the leading candidates for AL Rookie of the Year, and that is Nick Castellanos, who. Had an incredibly respectable season, fin- finishing with a 259, 259 batting average, 11 home runs, 66 RBIs. I'm, I think that's those, those, those seem right along par with the numbers we were expecting. Yep, and you he, say? he hits with power too. That's why I like Castellanos. He's a, a young guy. Obviously, he's got a lot to a lot to learn about the third base corner. He's missed a couple balls, especially late in the year, that I wasn't so happy with him about. But I think for what he's done, I I, 
I like that he has the ability to go yard and has that defensive range that we need at third base. And do you want to know why I'm going to right now skip all the way ahead past what we've been working for, which is this postseason, and I'm going to jump into 2015 very briefly just since we're talking about Nick Castellanos and guarantee that he has a higher batting average than 259. And would you like to know why? I'm I'm making that proclamation. In the major leagues... Nick Castellanos has the second highest line drive percentage in the in I think I already said in the major league saying in the bigs would be redundant. So let's rephrase that. <laughs> Nick Castellanos hits the second most line drives in the major leagues. Freddie That's Freeman great. on thirty one point four percent of his balls hits line drives. Nick Castellanos at twenty eight point seven. And then uh Chase Headley's on this list, Daniel Murphy. Maybe maybe not uh the best hitters, but Freddie Freeman is a very solid hitter, as is Chase Headley for the Yankees. And your, your batting coaches always tell you that line drives, line drives, right. line drives, yeah. back you of the cage. The you don't, yeah. And I mean, second, second in the bigs, that's a really nice stat. <laughs> I think I like that because if J.D. Martinez wasn't on this team, Castellanos oh. could be in line for a great five-spot hitter because he's not going to get that ball on the ground, double play ball, if he keeps it up, because I didn't know about that stat, that's incredibly interesting. Is you know he could be that guy after JD, and he has been, who's not giving up double play balls with the bigger men on base. Something to think about. But yeah, he's done right now. He's done what I think he needs to do, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in the future. That's that's incredibly cliche, but that's what I want to see from Nick Castellanos because he can be the JD Martinez in the next couple of years. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with being cliche. Sometimes there's a reason the clichés are there already, That's correct? true. Especially with this team with the Tigers oh, cliche all over the place, aren't we? We are. So, now I'm going to get on to someone that I have almost come full circle on. I couldn't stand him at the beginning of the season, Andrew Romine. He sw- the guy was swinging a toothpick up there. It's just he looked completely lost and then I still never fully understood how he took the starting job back from Eugenio Suarez, but I'm thinking it was just because he's a little more consistent defensively, he's a little faster, a little better base runner, and in September, Andrew Romine had a really nice month and was able to finish and and have me feel comfortable with him being our shortstop going into the playoffs. Right, yeah, I wasn't exactly sold on Romine. Of course, nobody was when he's hitting 190 for us in his first month here, but he settled down. He had a lot of errors when he first came in, uh, but that was, you know, that was early in the year again. Obviously, mid-April. Since then, I mean, he's had a total of let's see here how many. I'll have to count up the errors in a minute, but he's he's calmed down. He's hit three. He hit three ninety one in the month of June. I don't know if you knew that stat. Whoa, three ninety one. Or no, sorry, I'm sorry. That's his on base percentage. He hit three hundred in the month. Okay, of, okay, three hundred in the month more. of June. I know I was getting a little ahead Feasible. of myself there. Three hundred in the month of June. About 300 in the month of September. Yeah. Got the average up to 230. He's I. It's our weakest position, and we really wish that you know Iglesias was still on the field for us. But for now, we can be, if not happy that he's on the field with us, content with it. And in just 94 games played out of obviously a p- potential 162, Romine has the third most steals on the team with 12. Only Kinsler with 15, and of course Rajay Davis with 36. Yeah. I have think, more. I think I will talk about Raji later, but yeah, I think speed is a huge part of what's going to make this team go far in the postseason. And also, he he's dang good when he steals bases too. Romine is twelve of fourteen, Kinsler is fifteen of nineteen, and Raji's thirty six of forty seven. I mean, 
So he's Romine, much- ha- Romine has been the most consistent stealer when he does yeah. steal bases. It's just he's <laughs> very infrequently on base. Yeah, I think they I think they pick it might be a credit to Osmus for picking times where that ball is going to go in the dirt and Romine might be able to get the base. But you know, that's nothing taking away from Romine. He can I mean, by those numbers, he's one of the best base runners on the team. Yeah. You know? I'm I'm okay with it. And uh, by the way, Romine did have eight errors in uh, 2014, most of those in the first half of the year. So, okay. Eight's not. In, no, eight, eight at a short side. Uh, 94 games. Yeah, then that's. It's not great. It's not terrible. <laughs> Could, but you know I, Could I, be worse. I view him as, as better than that. He makes all the routine plays. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. If it's going to be an error, I think it's going to be ranged to his right, making a tough yeah. play. But, yeah. Moving on to the outfield now, and what. Which you, you've got to call him. I don't. Even though Victor Martinez had hit, had a career year, Miguel Cabrera had an incredible September. Is second in the AL in a plethora of categories. In my estimation, JD just do it, Martinez. <laughs> is he's got to be the MVP of this team? I mean, twenty three home runs, hitting three fifteen. He had a higher batting average than Miguel Cabrera. He had a higher slugging percentage than Miguel Cabrera. He had a higher OPS than Miguel Cabrera. He grounded into 13 less double plays than Cabrera. He struck out a little more, nine more times. I mean... Oh, my God. Get, get him out of the team. He's he's so good. This guy is so yeah. filthy, s- sneaky good. Sneaky good. I know. He was no one, too. It was by far the waiver deadline pickup of the year in the entire MLB. I mean, yeah. he made a name for himself in three months. Absolutely incredible. And it was exactly what this team needed, too. I think there's going to be a new... Because people are trying to figure out like what category of award he can fit into. Because he's not like a comeback player of the year. He never got hurt last year. He's not a rookie of the year. Because even though he never had a full year in the bigs, he's still broken in and has had plenty of opportunity in the bigs before. They need to create a J.D. Martinez award. Uh, just, <laughs> like, just the perfect piece to the puzzle. And this team would not be where they are without you. And and that was not expected at the beginning of the year award. Oh, That's the full official name of the award. I think you know what they call wondering. it, Tony. I think they call it MVP award. And if you play the entire year, <laughs> I mean, my God, this he could have been in the running for it. I mean, he he had more home runs than Cabrera did, and he started a month late. I think he fell just short of Cabrera. Did he? Just a couple short. Oh, yeah, man. because the but that was because but that was because Cabrera hit one in like one sixty one, and then come on, no. Andy had and Cabrera played in what. 36 additional games but only with two more home runs that's that's pretty scary yeah jd jd didn't play almost at all in the beginning of april and was probably playing every other day in the month of may he's, so legitimately he's, he started in the month of june he ha- he has started the last over 40 consecutive games in left field and rajay and ezekiel and dkb don kelly baby all kind of rotate i mean not really don kelly in center but they're all kind of rotating center um, even Tyler Collins every now and then will get a little time. Yeah. Torrey Hunter and right. There's been one constant in the outfield, and that's JD. Yep. There's, I mean, that's all you got to say about it. the kid. The kid's just that good. And you know what? I really want to see if he keeps it up in the postseason. And then his his running mate, who who he who have had a few too many for my liking. Um, just like vocal miscommunication Close errors. Calls in the outfield. Yeah, there. It, it does appear as if they're getting better, but they both they meaning J.D. Martinez and center fielder Rajay Davis, they both go to the ball a little too nonchalantly for my liking. So just to my eye when I'm watching on TV or live for that matter, it, I, I can't quite tell who's going to get it, but 
as the season has progressed, that it's gotten better. I think that's mostly credit to, or mostly due to uh, Austin Jackson just not being right. the captain in center field anymore. Right, a- absolutely. And, I mean, that's a spacious center field. You really got to know how to roam your area out Especially there. Especially in Kofi, yeah. Yeah, e- easier said than done. But let's get to Rajay Davis, another huge addition to the team, 36 steals. I mean... The Tigers hardly had 36 steals as a team last season. A couple weeks ago, Roger Davis stole a base and officially had more steals in this. His Roger Davis had more steals personally this year than the Detroit Tigers did in 2013. Oh, it's official. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. He I'm did it. I'm so glad that, that happened because because <laughs> it it seemed yeah, like that. It, it totally seemed like that, and it's true. And and a little and a little bit of power. I mean, he had thir- 37 extra ba- extra base hits. Uh. Hit 282. I believe that's the highest mark of his career, just about. I mean, he's everything. Yeah, he hit 282 in 2007 as well. Uh 305 in 2009. But other than that, that's the that's the best he's done. And I mean, that's everything and more that you could have asked for when you heard that the Tigers were signing Roger Davis. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's. I think it's just an upgraded version. And I know Tigers fans would hate me for saying this, but I think it's an upgraded version of Austin Jackson. I mean. Besides maybe the defensive liability that Rajay's, as you said before, maybe not as confident in the outfield as Austin Jackson was, but I mean, what do you expect? He's hitting almost 300. He's batting with power. Grand slam. Go ahead, grand slam. It was incredible. I uh, I absolutely love Rajay. I think he was for a while there, my Tiger, and I don't know if he still will be in the future. It depends on you know how he does in the postseason because he's new. And he's hurt. He, and did, he did not play. Day-to-day. He did That's not. Right. Was, I never even saw the official diagnosis, and looked like was it like a back spasm, or do you know exactly what it was that was holding him out of game one sixty two? I'm not sure if it was back spasm or a groin issue. I'm not. Mm. I'm not sure what it was. Slightly different. I don't know if they even uh, announced what he did, but yeah, I mean, besides hurting himself in first base, injury near the near, near the pelvis could be problematic for a player. Speed based is Davis. That's that's the official news spin on it pubic symphysis sprain interesting i didn't know that was a spot on the body i it's uh <laughs> i think it's in the lower man area yeah, if you the, can say that in that region yeah but uh well then get well soon rajay because the tigers are certainly going to need him exactly <laughs> lastly well actually not lastly got two more to talk on the the vet in right field who the nine-time gold glove winner tory hunter who I believe had to play a little more than anyone really hoped he would had to in in the stretch run of September because this was a guy in June and July that Osmus was giving every once a week at least an off day just just for rest just for age but that was I mean he had a 13 14 game hitting streak at the end of September in the in the last two weeks of the season so it was impossible to pull him out no matter with how with how close the race was with right. I mean just his 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 no know it all, like his wherewithal, his ability, his understanding of the game and the situation and the magnitude. You just it was hard to justify taking him out. Yeah, a lot of people called him team cheerleader earlier in the year. I didn't like that phrase for a four year old man who's been in the league for almost twenty years. That was a little disrespectful. That is a little dis. That's a lot disrespectful. But I. That's funny though. But you know, but come on, that Tory Hunter smile. <laughs> uh, but besides that, now he's bad. At, he's been awesome in September. I feel like every time he's needed to get on base for Cabrera, even if Cabrera hasn't come through, he's been that guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's getting those walks or at least getting those hits to put him on. And I think it's he's a perfect perfect person to put right before Miguel Cabrera. 
even if Cabrera's not going to do it, then you got Victor Martinez coming up to the plate afterwards. So. 17 home runs for Torrey Hunter. So found a little bit of a power stroke even with the age. Interesting, I mean, yeah. In Comerica, 17 for righties, that's a lot. A lot of those came earlier in the year, too. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, they did. I think he slowed down as the months grew on. He might, yeah. I'm not it's, sure if it's his last year. I'm not. Is he in a contract year? Do you know about I, Yeah, I think, I think this is the end. It was two, it was a two-year deal. When, think, when the Tigers signed him, so yeah, last year, this year. I know this is going to be for a future podcast, but I think we might hear Torrey Hunter uh, retirement if the if, Tigers go all the way. If the Tigers win it all, I think that'd be a, a good way to walk out. I mean, perfect way to go out. Why wouldn't you, right? Why not end on top? Do the Torrey LaRusso style, go yeah, out on top. Just, I mean, just, and if he doesn't, he has maybe one year, two tops, and I mean, if you're not going to win it all, like, just, just for the fun of it, I you don't need knows. the money. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he has more fun out there than anybody else, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think this is... If it's not the year, I think he knows it. This is Detroit's year, and hopefully this is his year too. So, Yep. And someone who may, who is a strong reason as why people think this is Detroit's year is someone who is personally having a career year, Victor Martinez, with 32, count them, 32 home runs, smashing his career high set back in 07 of 25. And he, he didn't have his career high in RBIs, but that is because Miguel Cabrera was smacking everyone off the bases who he could have even possibly driven in. But a, th- a 335 batting average, a 409 on base percentage, almost 41% of the time he gets on base, and an OPS of .974. He had a push to be an MVP caliber there. If he wasn't DH, he'd be a much stronger case That's the kicker. That's, in my eyes, that's the only reason he can't. Because, I mean, his power numbers and RBI numbers line up exactly evenly with Mike Trout. Three, not exactly evenly. That was a terrible statement. Three (laughs) home runs less, eight RBIs less. So there's slight disparity. When that's the difference in 162 games, yet you're hitting... 50, count them, 50 points higher. I mean, geez. Yeah, and remember, again, Cabrera before, Fielder wasn't anywhere close to his RBI numbers when he came over to Detroit. There's just not enough RBIs. Not enough runs to go Cabrera around with the, off the, bases, with the like big fella. I, I don't think they're complaining about that. Oh, no. He's still Victor's able to get over either. 100, but and he had more than his fair share of hits. I think he'll get votes with the MVP award, and I think they're rightly deserved. I agree. We went around the bases, around the entire field, Tony. Pitchers? And do you have do you have anything? Do you, I have any comments any, on the any pitchers? Com- quick, few I mean, quick comments. I'm going to say the same thing I've said for months: is that I feel more confident about the bullpen. Maybe just because I'm a little Tiger Splappy right now, and I'm happy about it. But uh, I think starting pitcher is going to be solid. I, I don't know if the game one has been announced yet. Who's starting pitching? But I should be Scherzer. If it's not, I can only imagine it being Scherzer. with Price starting one game one sixty two. I think Scherzer's just a natural option. Uh, Scherzer, Verlander, Price, Porcello. I, that's you know what I think that's. What it's going to be? There's your boy Verlander in the two spot. I like I, it. I put Price game two. I don't know. I think I'd like Verlander being. At if you home put if you put if you put Price game two, I mean Verlander's coming off back to back solid starts. You're right. No, absolutely. I almost, and I say almost, want to throw JV game one, just because. Wow. I mean. I don't know if game one is any more of a must win than game two. And think about it. What are t- if, if you're a Tigers fan who's not me, who doesn't have all the confidence in the world in JV to get it done, how are you feeling better if for what some reason the Tigers do lose game one with Scherzer on the mound and then you got to turn to a shaky Verlander in game two? 
Or if Verlander loses at game one and then it's like, okay, that wasn't quite the idea. But if you can go ahead with who you don't believe is your ace, who I do believe is the ace, I, <laughs> I mean, that, that's it could it could be one, two, three. I know. You say that, but remember, if we go to game five, if Jake then starts game two, to? he's the man, Tony. Yeah. And I hope let's I take hope a look. you are right. Let's take a look at the last two ALDS game fives. You're Justin two. Verlander has and pitched you know what? 17 innings, no runs. Zero, not a one. You you have that stat memorized. You, I do. You, know you, you, lo- you we were looking each other in the we eyes were. when I said that. I didn't need to look anything up. For <laughs> no, once. but he's you're right, and you've said it for months, and you are absolutely correct. The JV showed up when he needed to, and I love it, and I wish he'll keep doing it. And I think you know what? I think he will. I mean, you you say I'm right. At the end, I guess I was. But, you were. No, no, no. You but were. I mean, that's not the way I like to be right. And was I like, ugh. Oh, it was scary. It was scary it was, stuff. You know what? It came very close to him not pulling off a yeah. couple strong starts to show that he can be a postseason pitcher. But with you know with Sanchez still out, still being iffy, Verlander has to go in, and I'm very, very pleased that he's done what he needed to do to prove that there is at least still some stability in that throw of his. So that's that's what to say about the pitching. I'm confident. Let's look. Cautiously confident. That's a good. That's a good way to be with this staff. That's. <laughs> I think that's right on par. But. The Tigers are not the only ones who have players or pitchers. There is a second team in this ALDS that we must address. Oh, really, Tony? There is. As much as we would like to believe that the Tigers can just waltz their way without playing anyone, it's a little bit more to it than that. Those pesky Baltimore Orioles, huh? Yes. That everyone in the MLB will be rooting for because they are the new kids on the block? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean... We're going to have some issues, aren't we? Sometimes that's how it goes. There are some issues, but I... I gotta like the Tigers. Do you like the Tigers in this series? First, oh. blanket statement. Okay, unbiasedly, absolutely, oh, I do. I mean, they, they killed them in the regular season. What can you say? If, yeah, no, five and five and one in the regular season, absolutely owned them. I remember the sweep in Baltimore right before the sweep in Boston. That was right when the Tigers were going twenty-seven and twelve. Oh, they were ba- hot. Baltimore caught them at a terrible time. Let's let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Sure. It was the best the Tigers were playing. Baltimore was not playing that well at the beginning of the year. But I mean, those games happened, and it, it is what it is. But let's getting back to Baltimore. This is a potent offense, but I'm going to talk about their pitchers first. I think the Tigers can smack the staff around. Do you know who has the most wins on Baltimore staff? Wei Yin Chen. Oh, interesting. Not not exactly a household name. No, he's not. He he's had a very incredibly respectable year, and especially you need to keep in mind all these stats are in a hitter friendly park, not like Comerica. Right. So Gaming you'd think they you'd think small. you'd think they would be a little higher. Sixteen and six. You don't want to put a lot of stock in the wins because that can be skewed by run support, but still that's solid. And a three point five four ERA. That's good. Bud Norris, fifteen and eight, three point six five ERA. Chris Tillman, thirteen and six, three point three four ERA. Okay, so I mean, it's it's above average. I mean, pitching nothing to write home about. Exactly, with no household name, and just because your name is Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, David Price, that doesn't mean you're gonna win. But if you if you hear David Price is going up against Chris Tillman in Comerica Park with the series tied one to one, I mean, like, who who do you like? <laughs> who who does like a blind squirrel like in that? Right, game? I think. It's the 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 matchup is overwhelmingly in Detroit's favor. Absolutely, yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, and Baltimore gets a little bit stronger when you go later into innings, as obviously a team like that does. But mm-hmm. I mean, their closer Zach Britton, who has 37 saves, the four blown saves. 
He's good. He's good. He's point good. nine whip. I mean, one sixty five ERA. He is strong, and this is why you need to, as Detroit, and you know this from game one of the regular season, is you have to take advantage of a, a, a sort of shaky rotation. You got to get those runs early. Something that hasn't happened in the postseason as often as they'd like it to, especially when they're losing those games. You got to attack early. You got to attack often. Get that padding for your starting pitchers and your closer. Similar to like a Kansas City Royals mentality. Yeah, yeah. Get them first or they'll get you. It's, I mean, and that's, that, it always is so curious because it's like, what, what, what wins out? Offense or pitching? There, there is, there isn't quite a consistency in, I'm going to make what doesn't seem like a parallel, but in my eyes it is the NCAA March Madness when the Spartans were playing. Uh, the Yukon Huskies, they got outplayed because of guard play. Uh, it was it was um, Shabazz Napier, Ryan Boatwright, who could just handle the ball, and they were they were the ones in control, the ones with the ball in their hand. Perfect analogy. And so, I mean, do you want do you want an overwhelming pitching staff that like the like the Oakland A's have or traded for, and then just give up all their offense because when it's the colder months, the higher pressure, usually it's like a defense which is pitching that's a little more effective than like in the and the NFL playoffs games are lower scoring, in the MLB playoff games are lower scoring, so you do want that back end that's so solid, and I mean, and the Tigers have been missing it for who knows how long now. I mean, three four years. Yep. If you put all your eggs in one basket and then you can't score a run and you go 15 and 30 and almost miss the playoffs, the, <laughs> if you can't get it to those back end guys, is what I'm saying, they do you no good. Right, absolutely. Yeah, Oakland's had it. I don't know how Oakland's going to last. You know, I think I honestly feel confident that KC is in the playoffs to stay, at least for a few more games. And I, I like big game James Shields in the first <laughs> yeah. uh, playoff game in, for the Kansas City Royals in 29 games in KC. Why Why not? Go AL Central. Yep, exactly. And they're a team that doesn't need to go to their starting people in the 7th or 8th inning. They've got through the bullpen to take care of business in, the, in their they, playing game. They do. The, a, the A's and Royals, they, they both play so similar. Scrappy, punch, punch some runs across baseball, not going to hit yeah. the ball over the fence, going to beat you with speed, and going to beat you with the bullpen. I wouldn't be surprised with a 1-1, 2-1, 1-0 game. It wouldn't, wouldn't, be, no. wouldn't surprise me at all. I think, I think Shields and Lester, it sounds, it sounds about what... We're aiming for the strength of this. Back to back to the Detroit Tiger series. The strength of the Baltimore Orioles is not their pitching, like we were just bashing on. It's their offense. They have an incredibly good offense, right. led by Detroit Tiger assassin, yeah, uh, like mass murderer. Just it, it's just downright filthy what Nelson Cruz does to the Tigers. Yeah, and I, I take you back to the 2011 ALCS against the Texas Rangers, where did, did Cruz have more runs personally than the Tigers? Because I'm <laughs> almost convinced. Uh, that I was pretty close if it was. The he Tigers had, I got think, five or six home runs in a six series game, and you know what? I, I the game, it got disgusts me because of the PED use later that came out. Oh, it's, it, it's a, if we had time, we could go into PED use about Nelson Cruz and how I just have absolutely no respect for the man. So, yeah, but it's a story for another time. It's hard. It, it is another time, another day. But I mean, in his. I don't like to defend him. I mean, like you say, the guy's a little slimy. But 40 home runs and 108 RBIs with a lot of scrutiny and a lot of eyes watching you. Yep. He finally went to – I don't know why I say finally. He was in a very hitter-friendly ballpark in the Texas – in uh, Arlington for the Texas Rangers. But, I mean, I just think Camden it's, – it's just tailor-made for Cruz. It is. It is tailor-made. And it's more about the fact that 
he's done it cleanly. I mean, possibly there's we think he's passed those tests. I'm assuming that they're given to him very frequently after the biogenesis scandal. I can only imagine. Yes, he's had a very good year, and I respect him if he's doing it cleanly without any help. And that's why I was, I'm scared. You know, maybe maybe I'm angry at him because I'm worried that he's going to do it again to the Tigers in the worst possible way. There's cert- certainly part of me feels that way exactly, but I mean. He's not. He's not alone. It's that that outfield in on defense and on offense is incredible. Adam Jones, maybe best center fielder in the game. Is that a stretch? I mean, no, I don't think so. You know, I mean, he led, he led their team in hits. He had hundred eighty one hits, twenty nine home runs, thirty doubles, ninety six ribbies. I mean, I mean, well, okay, we can go aside from Mike Trout. Oh yeah, that's yeah. But, okay. I mean, good, good call, good call. But, and then next is Nick Markakis, who is second on their team and hits 177, 27 doubles, 14 home runs. But he's not as much of a power hitter. His arm from right field is one of the strongest in the game. He's up there with Jeff Francoeur in terms of leading the majors in outfield assists for the last five or seven years. I mean, and then like we just talked about Cruz. Well, Cruz is actually the DH, isn't he? Yes, Cruz is DH. I mean, it was usually between, I think it was usually between Chris Davis and Cruz, but Cruz, for the most part, has been DH most of the year, yeah. And they made Davis have to actually attempt to play first? Well, yeah, Davis Davis did play first until uh, until he got suspended, which is why, I mean, I'd be happy that we're not... He's out for the series. Yeah, he won't be playing. He, I think he might be able to play if they make it late in the ALCS. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely won't be playing against Detroit, and honestly, I don't think that Baltimore is that concerned, you know, Hitting 190, Dave yeah. Davis has had a has a very poor year, and he hasn't picked it up when he's needed to, like some of the Tigers had. And it's yeah. just I'm not sure what the Baltimore outcry is about what Davis has done and why how Davis is sitting out. But if he, I was a Baltimore fan, knowing what I know, I don't think I'd be too upset. Yeah, he's he's not the he's not the home run leader he was in 2013. I mean, he, he's got a power stroke. He only has 88 hits and 26 of them are home runs. I mean, if he hits it, it's going a mile. Right. But I mean, if you're if you're only hitting under the Mendoza line, 196, you're that that doesn't do any good for anyone. And it's not it's not something it's not something that you want to bring into the postseason, you know. Especially with controversy surrounding him, right? Yep. Things like for, that for the Adderall that he's supposedly used to hit 350. Last year, so. But again, moving on from BEDs. Fishy, something fishy. They got an. They also have they being, of course, Baltimore Orioles have to continue to clarify that. Also have a some a shortstop that I would compare to the Tigers in uh, JJ Hardy, maybe a little a little more consistent with the bat. He he hits two sixty eight, but he's he's de- he's defensive player first, can swipe a few bags, and I mean he might not be on top ten every night. But he's never going to be on not top ten. Yeah, no, I mean he's just a consistent player. I don't think he's. I mean he does make the news someday. He's on those top ten plays sometimes. But I mean, I think it's you know sort of what the Tigers wish they did have at that shortstop position. It's sort of the counterpart to Iglesias, but which was also out for Detroit. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he's just a solid player for I mean, Baltimore at that position, and I think it's going to be if Detroit's going to lose a fight player to player in one position, I think J.J. Hardy takes it over Romine. Yeah. Go ahead. So that is a definite position matchup that the Tigers could lose. But other than that, I'm feeling really good about the Tigers' chances starting other than bullpen, but you can't really call that a position as that's anywhere from five to ten different players. Right, yeah. But 
the other eight spots on the field, I'm I'm like in first base, designated hitter, the, the outfield even as as good as it is for the Orioles. I think the the way JD Martinez can hit for power, the way Rajay Davis can steal, the way Tory Hunter has just been there and he's been around. I think the Tigers have more experience, which you can't overstate when it comes to the playoffs. And you know, Cabrera's been hitting those balls, especially in game one sixty two. He's been hitting uh you know, deep flies that are just on the warning track in Comerica Park and they're just barely keeping in the ballpark. Camden Yards, that's not gonna be the case. Four you know? rows deep. Yep. He he's he's going deep. JD's going deep. I think I think game one the Tigers show up in the ALDS. We've seen it against Oakland. They they hit they hit long and they hit hard, and they come through in the clutch, as we've seen in these last few pressure series for Detroit. Certainly. I'm, yeah, I'm confident, too, about this team, especially against Baltimore. What? So that's a Detroit Tigers series victory. Oh, for my prediction? For your prediction. For my prediction, I think we lose game two, and I think we take it in four. Yep. That'll be my prediction. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that it's a Verlander loss, Tony. If okay. Verlander throws game two, I would never do that to you. But that's kind of. Yeah. I also I also think that Joe Nathan will blow or our bullpen will blow one game. Oh, I know. I think imagine it's imagine what happens after that. I, I mean, I think it just. I mean, yeah, going into if I'm right and it says going into game three with our bullpen blowing a save, I or that, b- blowing a lead. Maybe not even if it's Nathan. Maybe if it's Coke <laughs> or maybe if it's Chamberlain or somebody like that who just has an off day. I won't crucify him for it, but I think they have the support of the entirety of Detroit right now. This is not the time to throw it away, Nathan. I t- I speak directly to you on this. I can I can only hope you're right. It's just, man, if 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 the Tigers' bullpen is to blow one, that would be bad. If Joe Nathan is to do it, regardless of as you say, he finished yep. in the top five in saves in the as, AL. As yep. in the AL, as much as we've been riding him, that's also due to how many chances he's gotten yes, to save yep, games. I mean, true. he hasn't had a good season. You can't you can't break it down and say he has. It's been better as of late. And if we're going with cliches in this episode, we're going to hit you with another one. It's a new season in the postseason. Yep. All your the numbers are white clean, fresh slate. Doesn't matter if you hit 200 or if you hit 736. It's you, you haven't hit anything in the postseason, and every pitch matters. Yeah, no, you you know what? You're right. I, I will. And I hope they learn that. I hope they understand that that it's a new slate. But I I think we give up. We we blow one save. The bullpen's been too good. You know, I I tell you, I just I again. I, I've said this the last couple episodes, and I have been, and I'll say it again. I hope I'm wrong. I'll let, let's hear your prediction for this. It's. It's going to be pretty boring. I th- not the series. My prediction. Wow. All right. <laughs> I I mean I I'm going with you. I right. I want to say three games, but it's the playoffs. The Orioles have a very good offense. I don't want to disrespect them in any way. They won a powerful AL East. I mean, you can make the argument it's better than the AL Central. I don't think it is. I just yeah, that's yeah, I an- disagree with that. That's another debate. Yeah. I mean, at least not this year. I mean, with all the Derek Jeter controversies that pretty much sat on all of the AL East, yeah, it was ridiculous. They had a down year, but the AL East historically has been the best. Oh, the absolutely! Best I can't, you can't argue with that at all. Yeah, this is the first time since when the '80s that both New York and Boston, and Boston have missed it, missed the playoffs, and this is when Baltimore took the took the opportunity. Exactly. And again, so, yeah. and, and to that point, I don't, I don't want to disrespect them. I want to give them the credit they're due, and I don't think they'll they'll get swept. I don't think but so. I, Detroit has been in this position for the f- four years in a row now. They know how to get it done. It's it's 
a lot of the same guys, and the guys who haven't been there before were the guys who won Game 62, the Ian Kinslers, the David Price, I mean, Jabba Chamberlain pitched in that game, and all those guys have played in the postseason with different players. Only people who have no postseason experience is like Castellanos, who was actually on the roster last year, yeah. just didn't play, um, Eugenio Suarez, who will really only have to play if Romine gets hurt, even Romine doesn't have a lot of experience, right. but... Carrera, Carrera, yeah, Carrera. Okay, like that's a good that. one. I mean, JD Martinez, but I think JD's going to show up regardless. Gonna... A rookie, he's you know we can say the word rookie, never been to the playoffs, but he, I think he's experienced and he 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 acts like a vet in the clubhouse, on the field. Yep. And, and when you hear him talk, I mean the guy's really impressive. Yeah, it's just all around class guy. If we could, if we could build him up any more, like it topple <laughs> over. But I mean, yeah, it, it would. He's had absolutely no off the field issues either. This is why I love him so much. Yeah, it's a good thing people aren't talking about me the way they're talking about him. My head would explode. <laughs> I know it's surprising it doesn't get out all to his head, you know. But yep, hasn't so far. So you're gonna say in four as well. I will. Do you have a choice on which game they're gonna lose? I don't. I, don't think, I think it's gonna be one of the either right. the first or no, second in, in Baltimore. I don't. I like see. I like being right, Tony. So I like I like saying specific things, and when I'm wrong, I look dumb. But if I'm right, I look smart. Okay, uh, that's I, how it works for me. I I actually really enjoy that mentality. I just I don't know who's gonna pitch what game, and I and also I don't think the Tigers are gonna lose the first game. And if they win that, I don't think they're gonna lose the second game. But I can't just <laughs> keeps... definitively say right. that they'll win the first two. So I'll give Baltimore one game, just to like what I said. They're a division champion. They're good. Playoff team who who can win one, but that's all. I mean, that's all that's I really it. see him getting. All right, and uh, if we do win, who do you see coming out of the? Uh, even if we don't want to go straight to ALCS, who do you see coming out of maybe even an Oakland KC series, one game series, yeah, yeah. liberally? Well, I, I think we'll we don't want to give away too much too quick, so I, I'm gonna give a, a wild card, wild card winner, and then a ALDS winner. Go ahead, and then I'll leave who I think we're gonna be playing for the next one. But as we. We alluded to it earlier. I see. I see Kansas City getting it done at home. The fans. It's going to be bonkers in Kauffman Stadium. It's going to be a low-scoring game. The Royals may maybe with a, a walk-off, a steal, walk-off, suicide yeah. squeeze. It's going to be crazy. Wow, that I mean, would be. I mean, to end playoff droughts, it's going to be nuts. So there's my bold prediction. It's not about the Tigers. It's about the AL Wild Card game. The Royals win it. However, all. All Cinderella stories must die eventually, and they I don't think they're going to die at the hands of the Tigers. I think the best team in the American League so far, the Angels, will they'll take care of business. And much like the Tigers to the Orioles, it won't be easy, but maybe four games. Okay. And then yeah. the Tigers, unfortunately, as much as I hate to even think about the possibility of having to go to Los Angeles to start a series, it, it might happen. Yeah, no, I agree. With, I agree with you. I think I think that's what we'll end up seeing. I wish we could play Oakland. I think a month ago that series would have been one of the best in the in the past decade in terms of ALCS play. But yeah, yeah, I think maybe Angels are that that team now. At a Trout versus Cabrera showdown in the ALCS. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> and I don't I don't know if Cabrera. This is the year for Cabrera to do it because Trout's been nailing him. But yeah, that would be and that the price would be all over that. It would be a very interesting series. It would. And then that would either lead to uh, an all. I mean, I guess it wouldn't necessarily, but if the Dodgers come out of the out of the NL and either an all Los Angeles World Series or a Detroit Tigers best hitter, whether Mike Trout is the best player in the game, 
I think it's almost consensus that Miguel Cabrera is the best hitter. Yes. So it would be best hitter Cabrera versus best pitcher Kershaw. If you remember the All-Star game, <laughs> it took one pitch for him to take him deep. Yep. Not saying that would happen again in his first at-bat or even necessarily at all. But you got to love the playoffs. you got to love October That's baseball. Right. That's why you play six months. The Tigers started this season in March. They had a game in March. There March was snow 31st. on the ground. <laughs> and then all of April, and they were the best team. And then in May, they were the worst. And then June, July, August, where they were 500 for three straight months. And everyone is complaining. Where's Cabrera? Why is Joe Nathan horrible? Verlander's lost it. All these contracts are terrible. Where are we now? Yep. The same spot that they've been in for the last three years. Now a fourth. There's so much hunger with this team. It might just be me. My stomach's growling, too. It, it just matches. It's... Gosh, this has got to be the year. Yeah, we said it. Said it from day one, from game one. This is Detroit's year. And they made it. They're here. I, I feel cautiously confident, Tommy. That, that There's this, that phrase again. We'll take it, another cliche. We'll take it one game at a time. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. One game at a time. 162 games in a year. But they did it with 90 wins in the regular season and 72 losses. The Detroit Tigers are the AL Central champs for the fourth consecutive year. A club and organization record. Going to Baltimore Thursday in October. First Thursday in October. And they will be playing the AL East champion Baltimore Orioles. Should be a good one. For Tiger Talk and Richie Cozzolino, I'm Tony Garcia. Thanks.